Welcome to the Daily Progressaholic Podcast, where we provide you with advice on how to progress through your self-development journey and fall in love with the process of improving yourself spiritually, mentally, and physically. Yes. Oh, wow. Fast turnaround. Okay, cool. Welcome everyone to the Daily Progressaholic Podcast. Today we have with us Corey Chadwick, founder at the Personal Greatness Project and the Mental Gym. The Personal Greatness Project takes a stand against mediocrity to show you who you are capable of being and help you become the greatest version of you. So Corey, thank you so much for coming on. It is a pleasure having you. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm super excited for this. Great. Yeah, it's uh, fun to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so let's start with like, just tell us a little bit more about yourself and your personal journey leading up to where you are right now. Ooh, okay. What do you want to know? Uh, short story, long story. Sure. Let's keep it like in between sort of, you know? Yeah, sure. It's like a brief one, yeah. Um, so um, this really kind of starts after going through some tough times in life. Um, when I lost my mom, I was 21 years old and okay. lost her to uh, mental illness. And it was it was really tough. I was at a really low spot in life and realized that I've got a decision to make. We've all got a decision to make about who we want to be what kind of life we want to live. And it's when I really first noticed that we tend to kind of coast through life, go through the motions. And even when we're, you know, working hard or or working towards something, we're still kind of stuck in a very narrow range of what we've learned the same way that people do things, the same way that people think and things like that. Uh, It's not our fault. It's just, you know, it's what we've always learned. It's what we've always known. Uh, But where that's really tough is if you feel like you've got more in you if you feel like you've got potential that you haven't realized yet if you feel like you're meant for more in that you you want to make a difference you want to have an impact there's somebody that deep down you've always believed you could be in your life uh it's really tough when you don't know how to get from where you are to where you want to be or from who you are to who you want to be so it was a series of kind of low moments in life that had me realize that we really do have a choice to make and that I have a choice to make. Yeah. I, uh, I started looking at things on a scale kind of from one to 10 or a spectrum from one to 10, thinking how many of us just live at like a five or a six yeah. without knowing it or just kind of living average, uninspired lives. Um, but we want so much more than that. Yeah. The personal greatness project, my own personal greatness project was a stand against that. And for living my 10, I realized we have a choice to make. We have to make a choice. So choose your 10. Yeah. That was just for me. And and quite honestly, it started out as a survival mechanism. Again, I was in a low place. Uh, my mother suffered from mental illness. I was worried that it could come for me one day too. Yeah. And so I thought, well, I need to rewire my brain to think differently, to make decisions differently, to understand differently, kind of like an operating system. You know, like we've we've got operating systems the same way a computer does. Yeah. It's how we think, it's how we make decisions, it's how we take action, it's really everything. And so I needed to upgrade my operating system. Yeah. What happened over the years was this kind of survival system, if you will, became a thriving system. 
I didn't know how that would happen or why. It certainly wasn't my plan, but uh, as the years rolled on, I started kind of teaching what I learned to some other people because they were saying like, what have you figured out that we haven't figured out? And I was yeah. using it for success in business and relationships and and all these things. And it was really just a very simple way of, of thinking and decision-making and, and being who I believed that I could be and I wanted to be. Yeah. Eventually, just started teaching it to some other people. Um, when the Personal Greatness Project began, it's when my first son was born. Um, I just felt this this huge sense of duty to help make the world a better place for him. Yeah, you know, like my son's going to grow up, and I'm, I have two sons. They're going to grow up in a world, one way or another. What's that world going to look like? What's that yeah. world going to be like? And I just thought we are capable of so much more. We are. You know, we, we just, we've got so much more in us. We, there's so, so many problems with the world. Why can't things be better? And, and they can, yeah. I believe that the way to really make a difference in the world is, or the greatest difference you can make is to become who you're truly capable of being, which is who okay. you've always wanted to be anyway. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you just never knew how, or it was scary, or you didn't have the confidence or you didn't really know how to do it. But what if it wasn't about that anymore? What if we could show you how to bridge the gap between who you are and who you've always wanted to be yeah. and do it in a very simple way. That's, that's your way. Yeah. Right. Um, I believe we have a ton of untapped potential. We just need the right tools, the right guidance, the right community and resources to, to put that all together. But when we have those things, amazing things can happen. And that's what the personal greatness project is because greatness is personal. It's not a one size fits all thing. Exactly. Uh, you know, we're used to school systems and things like that that teach you one very narrow de definition of potential, and this is who you're supposed to be, or this is how you're supposed to fit in. Yeah. Um, and because of that, we never really get to discover who we can be in this world and, and who we're capable of being. I also know that so many of us really care about making the world better and, and making a exactly. contribution to that, right? We're, we're tired of being passive and sitting back and letting other people call the shots for us. And, and we want to start shaping the world in an image that, that we want yeah. it to be in. But yeah. if you don't feel like you've got it in you or you don't know how to take that thing that you have in you and turn it into, you know, living, breathing reality of, of who you are and what you can do, then it can just be very frustrating and, and deflating. Exactly. Yeah. So how do we put those pieces together? Well, that's what the personal greatness project is. And it's really helping you become who you've always wanted to be anyway, in a simple, intuitive way that is your way. And yeah. I think that's the most important part. So I, I love our work. I am so inspired by it because I really get to see how as each individual and team and organization start to step into their own personal greatness, you can yeah. feel the needle moving in the world just a little bit each time. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, that's a special thing. And I think that's an important thing. That's, that's incredible. Um, and especially like, I, I liked how you spoke about the fact that there's a lot of people right now that they want to make a difference in the world mm -hmm. in some way, some way or the other. It's like, and I do know that you work with a lot of younger people, like the younger audience. So do you think that millennials, you would say that they care more about the world compared to maybe the generation before them? Like, have you seen that sort of thing more in millennials or you seen it less in millennials? Yeah, no. So, you know, it's not like we, we interact with every millennial. So I can't speak yeah. to people across the board. I can certainly speak to the kind of people who are attracted to what we do. Exactly. Who see themselves in, in what we do. And those people care a lot about, yeah. about the world. Um, 
I, I wouldn't say that it's more or less versus other generations. I think if you look back at, you know, the Vietnam War, there were a ton of people who care about the world and yeah. and things yeah. like that. There's, you know, throughout history, there's people who take a, a stand and a charge. But the reality is our world is just very different now. And it's changing so much faster now than it ever has before. We're dealing yeah. with new things and new advancements and and just whatever it is that, that haven't really been on our radar before. So... Things have uh, generally and traditionally moved at a much slower rate than this, but because things are moving so much more quickly now, I think the world's got potential to be shaped one way or another much more, I'd say much um, in a quicker way and in a more impactful way than, than maybe ever before, Yeah, which means it could go downhill really quickly or it could improve. And yeah. I think the difference with millennials now is you're you know, being handed a world you know, with climate change and, you know, th this is some real serious issues. Um, they kind of handed the world and said, well, here's the world, just deal with it. And so now <laughs> there's an entire generation saying, well, why should I have to deal with this? I didn't make this mess. I didn't make this happen. And the other side saying, well, like, sorry for your luck just, just deal with it. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that's really unfortunate. I think we've got a, a generation here of, of millennials who, who really do care, who really want to be a part of something that matters, but maybe don't know how to, to be a part of that, haven't found who that those people are for them or that group or that organization that is for them. And so we tend to think, you know, I don't know, I'm just one person. How can I make a difference? How can I make a change? Uh, a lot of people are taking up great causes and, and putting their effort into things, um, you know, uh, initiatives like, you know, feeding homeless people and, and, yeah. and ending hunger and, and tons of great things and tons of great charity work. But I think at the end of the day, the greatest contribution you're ever going to make is to really realize that potential that you have. Because yeah. when you do that, what you bring to the world is going to, is just going to be kind of better, stronger, faster, more impactful than than really anything else you could do. Whatever work you do that comes out of that is going to be showing up um, out of your personal greatness, not out of your personal averageness. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with millennials. I think, I think it's really time to, to take a stand for what matters. I think it's yeah. time to stop accepting everything or so much of what's been accepted so far up until this point. Yeah. And, uh, it's time to really come together and, and make a change that matters. So yeah, Corey, that was, uh, that was that was a really insightful answer. Thank you so much for that. Um, I also just wanted to elaborate a little more on the idea of the optimal operating system. Um, so, if you could mm. talk a little bit more about that to give our listeners an idea of of what it means exactly. Sure. So, uh, like I mentioned, we've got operating systems, yeah. and as human beings do, it's it's responsible for how we think and how we make decision and how decisions and how we take action and really everything. And most of the results we get in life come from that operating system, right? How you think leads to how you make a decision. How you make a decision leads to the action you take, and that's what yeah. creates the results you get in life. Um, we make thousands of decisions every day, not consciously uh, every one of them but the ones that we are aware of are the ones that are going to shape our lives they're going to shape our results they're going to shape everything from how happy we are how successful we are the kind of impact that we make do we realize our potential or not uh, what kind of relationships do you have how high a performer are you i mean you name it that's yeah. all coming out of this operating system which is the same in many ways as a computer's operating system a computer's operating system is the way a computer thinks and makes decisions and how it runs its programs and its apps and really how it's a compute how it 
is a computer. Um, the difference is as technology changes so quickly, which yeah. it really, really does, your computer's operating system gets updated and upgraded regularly. And it needs to. It would make no sense, for example, to be using a uh, computer's operating system from 20 years ago. Like you wouldn't use Windows exactly. 2.1. Exactly. And you could be using Windows 10. And 2.1 would barely even work, right? Like why would you use it? It's... Um, I mean, maybe your computer would work, but everything would be so slow. Your apps and your programs wouldn't work. So it just makes sense that as technology changes the way it does and that as, it, as it evolves the way it does, that you would keep updating and upgrading yeah. your operating systems. And um, even if you're not a techie, you you know on your phone when you get a little message saying, you know, do you want to update to the latest version? Yeah. And you say yes. And you can say no if you want to, but eventually you just need yeah. to update and need to upgrade. So that's your computer and that's tech. And here we are with our operating systems. The world around us is changing just as quickly as technology is. We're facing things and dealing with things on a day-to-day basis that we really haven't had to deal with before. Things like social media, things like the job market changing as quickly as it is. Uh, people are more stressed, more exactly. anxious, more depressed than other uh, than ever. There's so many things that are changing. And and we're still working with the same operating system we've had for a really, yeah. really long time. It hasn't been updated. It hasn't been properly upgraded in yeah. quite a while. And the problem with that is that operating system, our operating systems aren't really wired for personal greatness. They're not wired to live your 10. They're not wired to become who you deep down believe yeah. you're capable of being. Yeah. They're kind of wired for basic survival and mediocrity, you know, like just doing the trick. And as the world changes so quickly, our operating systems desperately need an update or an an update and an upgrade. And to become who we want to be, to have the impact we want to have, to make a difference, to just live a life that matters, we... Our operating systems need an upgrade too. So that's really what the Personal Greatness Project is and what we do. It's upgrading operating systems for individuals, for teams, for organizations, um, that's that's what it is, and that's why we, you know, if you think about it, like having a kind of a factory default yeah. operating system that's maybe fine and does the trick. But you asked about the optimal operating system, yep. and that's what we're about: is how do you operate on a level that is kind of easier, if you will, like it's easier to to perform at a higher level than it was to perform at exactly. a lower level before. That's important. It's easier to be happier. It's easier to be healthier. It's easier to live to your potential because you're now yeah. wired for that. It's it's just a part of how you operate, and it's and it becomes intuitive as opposed to hard work. So, uh, Corey, just building off of that, I just want to sort of. I know that every single person has their own definition of happiness. You can say um, it can mean different things to a lot of people. So what would your definition of happiness be? Sure. I, I like that you're saying that, that, that everybody's got a different definition of it. Um, I think we need to be really intentional about how we define happiness. Yeah. Because I think at the end of the day, if you are really intentional in how you define it and you have a, a really strong understanding of what happiness does mean to you, then you've just got to ask yourself how happy you want to be and what kind of life do you want to live based on that happiness? I think it can be the the single biggest driver in your life. So what does happiness mean to me? Um, First of all, I think it's important to not mistake kind of a lifetime of happiness or fulfillment with 
you know, hanging out with your friends, watching Family Guy, having a few laughs. Yeah. Yes, you're happy when that's happening, and that's a great thing. And we should all squeeze a little Family Guy into our lives. Yeah. In there. But um, but it's important to understand that that's not what real happiness is. So, I think to to understand what happiness is you know, for me, and and maybe this can help your listeners too, is. I do something called the deathbed test where I fast forward in my life and, and people in the personal greatness project do this too. This is a regular tool that we use fast forward in your life to the end of your life. Pretend you're a hundred years old. Uh, you're, you're sitting there, you're on your way out. You've lived a long life, hopefully a really good life. And you're just looking back, you're evaluating, you're asking yourself questions, you know, what kind of life did I live and And how would I score it on a scale from one to 10? Yeah. We're only in it for our 10. We're here to live our 10. We're not interested in living our six. If anybody is listening to this saying, well, all I want to do is live my six, then with all due respect, I don't know that this is for you. But (laughs) if you're listening to this saying, yes, I want to live my 10, then I think this is an important uh, important exercise to do. So you're looking back at your life and you're evaluating and you're asking yourself, what kind of life did I live? And you get to ask yourself in that moment, did I live my 10 or did I not? If you don't think that you did, then... The good news is you're not 100 years old right now and you've got your entire life to to shape from this yeah. moment on and, and to do what you want with it. But when I'm looking back, the three there's really three big pieces that I'm evaluating, three big things that I'm measuring for living my 10. Um, and those three big pieces are, are really what's going to determine how happy I am in life and how successful I am in being happy. For me, those three things are purpose, potential, and relationships. Okay. I do not believe that you can live your 10 unless you are realizing your full potential. You are doing that with purpose so that your potential is for something bigger than just yourself. Yeah. So like we talked about making a contribution, making a difference in the world. Yeah. Um, It doesn't need to be, when I say in the world, it doesn't need to be on a global scale by any stretch. It could be just making the lives of the people around you better being a positive impact. But can you do that with your full potential? Can you bring your best to that? So we've got potential, we've got purpose and relationships. The relationships are just so important in life. They're too important. And really anything else in life is going to fall underneath one of those three or fall into two or three of them altogether. But that's what happiness is to me, is is the pursuit of my 10. And as so long as I am in pursuit of my 10, focusing yeah. on the things that matter most, the things that light me up the most, that I believe bring out my personal greatness, which helps me make the world a better place for my boys, Yeah. Um, then yeah, that's that's what real happiness is to me. Yeah, that's, 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 that's beautiful. beautiful. That's really beautiful. Thank <laughs> you so much for sharing. Yeah, for sure. um, I think especially the purpose, potential and relationships, those three factors, I think that's something that like our listeners can gain a lot of, lot of value from. Um, uh, let's move on to something. So I know that a lot of us within the progressive holiday community were people that are dedicated to sort of pushing ourselves and continuously improving on a daily, monthly and yearly basis. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're trying to improve yourself, you normally try to step out outside a comfort zone, comfort zone a lot. Now, when you're stepping outside a comfort zone a lot, there's always that fear of failure. Sure. So now, what is something that you have failed at, and uh, something that like, like, and what was your learning out of that experience? Oh well, first of all, fear of failure, and you're right; it's such a real thing and such a common thing. I think we want to try to re rephrase it or reimagine it really so that we're not afraid of failure. Um, If you're going to live your 10, there's no way you're doing it without 
bumps in the road along the way. Because like exactly. you said, you're pushing yourself, you're getting out of your comfort zone, which means you're trying new things. It means you're you're tackling things you've never tackled before, but you need to because otherwise you won't grow. So from fear of failure, what if we change it to embracing failure, to, well. to recognizing failure as a necessary piece of realizing your personal greatness? And if you yeah. don't put yourself in a position to fail, you'll never realize it because you'll never grow. You'll never learn. You'll never get outside of your six or maybe your seven. Yeah. Um, so again, it's, it's, is it, can it be scary? Absolutely. And people don't love failing, but what if you could? Yeah. What if you could really embrace that? So what have I failed at? I've failed at so many things. I've failed at relationships. Um, I've failed in, in pieces of business. I've failed in sports. But now how you define failure is, is I guess, that's what's open for interpretation okay. um, in relationships. So here's an example. My last relationship before I met my wife, uh, I was I was with a really wonderful woman. She was great. We were together two and a half years. Uh, I just thought that I'd marry her. Yeah. And it became clear to me that uh, that this wasn't it for me. That we weren't it. That she wasn't it for me. That again, if we're going back to that live year ten, this was an eight. I, because relationships and especially the most important relationships in your life are so big and so important. Uh, an eight wasn't going to cut it for me. So, but in recognizing that you could look at that as failure, right? Yeah. I was in my thirties at that point already when most people think, you know, that's when you get married or at the very least exactly. to your partner and, and you've got this this checklist that society's put on you about you gotta get married, have a house, make a certain amount of money by this point. It's just such a random and arbitrary checklist, but so many of us think that that's gotta be my checklist. So I got, I took a lot of heat from people about that saying, you know, you're way too picky. Nothing, you know, no woman's ever going to be good enough for you. You're never going to yeah. find what you're looking for. Uh, is that failure? I think a lot of people would say yes, but had I not failed there. And the truth is I, um, I wasn't, I wasn't the man that I needed to be. I wasn't the boyfriend that I needed to be at yeah. that time to have the kind of relationship that I have now with my wife, to have the kind of marriage that we have now, which I'm just so proud of because it took a lot of work and it continues to take a lot of work. And it took that failing exper or experience to get here. So is that failure? Yeah, in the moment, it, it felt like it. It felt like I, I'm just not going to be able to pull this off or you know, be with the kind of woman that I really want to be with, yeah. um, or have that kind of 10 relationship. But is that failure? Because what's, what's my big goal here? Well, my big goal was a phenomenal marriage with a woman I just adore and build a life and a family together. And that's what I'm doing right now with Erica. We've been together now almost eight years. Uh, it just keeps getting better every day. So again, in the moment failure, yeah, probably. But when you're looking yeah. at the big picture an absolutely necessary piece of the puzzle to get here, um, same thing in business. I was in the bar business in a, in a previous life, if you will, the restaurant and bar business, okay. yeah. um, really enjoyed what I did, built yeah. up a really nice business for myself and got to a point where again, I realized that this was my eight, this isn't my 10 and it was time to move on. You could look at that however you wanted because before I got into that business, my my thought was I'm just gonna build up a huge business and make a ton of money and that's my goal. And when I found myself on the way to doing that, I realized that I wasn't nearly as fulfilled as I wanted to be. I There was no purpose in it for me. Like I already mentioned, two pillars of living my 10. Well, yeah. those, those were missing and so, 
some people would look at that and, and could call that a failure. Some people, when I decided to sell my business, I think there are people who thought, wow, like you were, you were very much on your way to building something big mm. and you decided that this isn't what you wanted. Yeah. Is that a failure? Again, it, it, failure is so open to interpretation. Is, is that failure? Is yeah. it failure to, no, to me it's not. It's learning and growing. And like you said, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and making hard decisions so that you can keep going after what matters most to you. And as you go in life, that will change because the more you learn about yourself and the more you learn about how much you're capable of, what you want is gonna change. And if yeah. it's not changing, then you're not growing. Exactly. So what does failure mean? I yeah. I think real failure is going to come down to did you let other people influence your decisions rather than listening to your gut and your heart? Did you bet on yourself or did you not because you were afraid to? Yeah. Did you go after what you want? Like if you feel like you're here, if you feel like you're meant for more, if you feel like there's a, something important you're supposed to be doing with your life, I think the failure would be in not going after that. Yeah. But the failure is never going to be in going after it and it doesn't work out exactly the way you thought because you can't predict that. You can't, you're not, you're not really responsible for that outcome. You're responsible for going for it and putting yourself in a position to succeed. Yeah. I think we just got to change our definition of failure and the way we understand it because it's messed up and it gets in everybody's way. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, that was, that was, that was, that was super insightful and I loved the sort of the detailed approach that you showed us with a couple of examples as well. Um, and now, like, so I, in like a previous podcast episode, I'd spoken about this idea of failure and how we should sort of remove it from our dictionary and replace it with the word learning. Now, would you mm -hmm. sort of agree to that, disagree with that? What do you think? Yeah, I forget who said it, but it was something along, along, uh, along the lines of, I never fail, I either win or I learn. Yeah. And I love that. And I think that's the truth. We, so like I mentioned, say after that breakup in the moment, it feels like this is failure, right? Yeah. Anytime you're in a low spot in your life, anytime something doesn't work out, it feels like this is failure. But what we've got to do is take a, a real step back. We got to see this big picture of life that we're going for here. And in that moment, it's, you will never see failures. You're just going to see sorry, not in that moment, in that big picture. If you're taking a step back and seeing your whole life as this big picture, I don't think you're ever going to see failures. You're going to see learning experiences. Yeah. So you either win or you learn, or you win or you learn. And as long as you've got that mindset that this is about learning and growing and learning and growing, yeah. I'm with you. There's, what does failure even mean? Yeah. I, I, now that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be pushing yourself to be better. Right? I don't want to confuse anybody by thinking that if you remove failure from the dictionary, that means that you shouldn't try or you shouldn't go exactly. for it or you shouldn't have high standards. We absolutely need those high standards. So we need those high standards so we can keep pursuing those high standards. But you're not going to hit a home run every time. Yeah. And if you are hitting a home run every time, then your standards aren't high enough. Yeah, yeah. They're just not. Exactly. No, um, yeah, definitely. And uh I definitely agree with that. So just to like sort of pivot off this uh, topic, um, since you you are in the self development industry, like what do you think of the industry as a whole? Like where the like where the industry is going right now, as such. Ooh, that's a that's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, there are t obviously a ton of great things about personal growth and personal development. I think it's great that I really feel like so many people 
are getting more on board about recognizing how important it is to work on yourself, to grow, yeah. to be a better you. Yeah. Um, how much you decide to put into that or how much you, you know, time or effort or whatever you commit to that, that's personal. But I think it's, it's a wonderful thing that more people seem to be uh, gravitating towards it, especially a, a generation realizing how important it is. So that I think is a great thing. There's obviously a lot of problems in, in personal growth. There are a lot of false gods, if you will, yeah. people who are putting themselves up on a pedestal saying how great they are and they're just not walking the walk in their message. Uh, they, they seem to be afraid to just be honest and real with people. Yeah. And I think that's really unfortunate because you want to believe in somebody you yeah. want to believe in, you know, their message and what they're about and how they can lead you. And, and it's just, I don't think that, I don't think it's wrong to want to believe in somebody. I feel like we should be able to believe in, in leadership, be it in personal growth or in, in politics or in life, whatever it is, we should be able to believe in our leaders. And the fact that we have such a hard time doing it because they haven't really earned our trust, I think is a, a tough thing. And that happens a lot in personal growth. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of people calling themselves coaches who mean well, but really are, uh, maybe not suited to or aren't qualified to be doing that work. Um, then somebody comes along and says, oh, great, you're a coach. I want to, you know, can you help me? But maybe they're really not in a position to do that. So I think that's something that needs to be cleaned up for sure. But yeah. that being said, there's a ton of great opportunity. I think there's, because there's so many more people who are sharing their voice and sharing what they do. There's an opportunity for people who are interested in working on themselves to find a voice and find either a method or a community or something that speaks to them, that speaks to who they want to be and, and what clicks for them. That's, I think that's an amazing thing. Um, but there are, there are other issues I see in, in personal growth and personal yeah. development. And quite frankly, those are a lot of them that we're addressing with the mental gym yeah. the holes that we see that need filling or, or things that make personal growth so much harder for people than they need to be. And instead of helping them become who they want to be and achieve what they want to achieve, yeah. really sends them kind of on a, a roller coaster of things working, things not, um, trying to figure things out, not feeling like you can, can be deflating as opposed to empowering. Exactly. So those, a lot of those are, are things that we're addressing right now in the, in the mental gym. Yeah, that's awesome. And like, like just that so you spoke about the mental gym. So let's elaborate a little more on that. Cause, um, I know that you had started the personal greatest project first. So like, mm -hmm. what was it that you saw that made you decide to sort of start the mental gym? Okay. So the mental gym, uh, really excited about the mental gym and is just really the next yeah, piece of the personal greatness project. So it's, it's not different from it's, it's very much still the personal greatness project in the past. Uh, a lot of our work has focused on workshops and seminars and things like that. Uh, personal training where the mental gym is different is, uh, we were talking before about, some of the problems in personal growth. So for any of your uh, listeners out there, if you've been to say a weekend workshop or a seminar or something like that, uh, you go there Saturday, Sunday, you're all pumped up. You're having the best time. You're really loving it. You've met some great people who are supporting you and telling you, you know, you can do it and we've got your back and that's a wonderful thing. But then Monday morning comes and it all kind of crashes back down to earth, doesn't it? It's where's that support? Where's that community? Where's that guidance that you wanted? What if you've got a whole bunch of follow-up questions? Who yeah. would you ask them to? So one of the most important things about the mental gym is that it is not a one and done. It's not a short course and then see you later. It's not you're out in the world and go do it by yourself. This is continued growth and continued support. Um, another uh, challenge, yeah. like I said, is you're kind of on your own come Monday. 
And I think it's really important to continue that community and to continue that support, not just from the people leading the programs uh, and guiding you and giving you the tools and the confidence and, and everything that you need, but the people who are also doing it with you who are on the mission together. So what the mental gym is, is we meet people who come to the mental gym, come to train once a week, just for one hour a week. And the thing is, if you think about going to a physical gym, like where you go to work out and, and, you know, build your muscles, you wouldn't do squats or bench presses once and then never do them again. You wouldn't do them for a weekend and then say, see you later. I'll come back in a year. No, you keep, you go, you, you've got to keep up a routine of going to the gym. It's really a lifestyle decision, right? Physical health means something to you. You know how important it is. So you keep working on it. It's the same thing in the mental gym, your personal greatness, your potential, your mental and emotional health, these things that are so important to be working on consistently to become who you've always wanted to be, to have that impact that you want to have. Um, We do that every week. So for one hour, once a week, we meet virtually. We do it um, over Zoom video chat. We meet in small groups. We keep the group small so that you can be involved, so that you're not just another number on a screen, so that you're not sitting there waiting for someone to hopefully answer your question. No, we do small groups, very much discussion-based. We work on exercises. We follow um, you know, the curriculum of the Personal Greatness Project, but because we're in small groups, we've got the ability to to be fluid with it, to, to move around, to answer questions, to work on things that are important, which is great. So the dynamic is fantastic. We're talking about like-minded yeah. people coming together. Again, people who feel like they're meant for more, people who uh, feel like they've got more to give, who know they've got another level of potential they haven't reached yet, but they want to, who know that they want to be a leader, who know there's somebody that they want to be, somebody they've always believed they can be. But how do you get from where you are today to where you want to be a year from now, two years from now, five years from now? We really help you build that within yourself. Um, and again, it's because we're doing it as a community, because we're doing it as a group, there is so much support. We still offer private training for people who are interested in private training, but that group piece is important that once a week, especially for busy, busy people, we've got a bunch of entrepreneurs who love the mental gym because you're so busy. You know, you want to work on yourself. You know how important it is to work on yourself. Yeah. But to be able to to say, okay, here's my one hour a week where I'm going, where I'm accountable to the group, where I've got support, where I've got community, that stuff is just so important. So that's really in a nutshell what the mental gym is. And one thing that I really do love about this, as much as I love how accessible it is from a time point of view, I love how accessible it is from a financial point of view, where some of those those big Uh, programs that you would take or doing private coaching can be quite expensive, but the mental gym makes it quite accessible from a financial point of view too. And I love that. I love that it's simple. I love that it's practical. I love that it's accessible, but I also really love how we all feel like we're on a mission together because we understand that by becoming who we're capable of being, we get to help make the world a better place. And every day that we show up to train, We just push things a little bit further in the direction that we need it to go in. For me, like I said, it's all about making the world a better place for my little boys. Everybody's got their own motivation. Everybody's got their own driver, but we're all driven by that, that common thing. And so when you're working out together, it's not just about how big can my biceps get? It's yes, it's how big can my biceps get in kind of in my own life? How much can I be happier yeah. and healthier and higher performing in my own life? How much can I accomplish the things that I want? But also as a nice byproduct of that, how can I help make the world better just by being 
who I'm capable of being. So there's so many great parts of the, of the mental gym. It's why I'm so excited about it. Uh, and why I, I just, I don't know. I love it. I really do. I, I love the gym. I love what we're doing. Our, I love our members. Our, it's just, it's a wonderful yeah. place to be. That's amazing. And like, um, honestly, I just want to say guys that we need more people like Corey in this world that are trying to make an impact and trying to improve lives and helping people to live their tents. Uh, Corey, thank you so much for coming on the daily progressive Holly podcast. We really, really appreciate you taking the time out here to provide value to our listeners. And, um, also I just want to say, uh, just want to know that how can our listeners reach you on social platforms? Well, first, I just want to say thanks for having me here. This was great. I had a great time. Um, and I love that you're doing this. And the way you describe your listeners just sound like an amazing group of people. So thank you to you and to your listeners just for wanting to be better in the world. Our pleasure. Um, you can get in touch with us on Instagram. Follow us at The Personal Greatness Project. Instagram at The Personal Greatness Project. That's probably the best way if you want to follow us to see what we're up to. Sure. Um, learn some cool things. Stay in touch with what's going on. That's the best way. Or our website, the, or sorry, website is personalgreatnessproject.com. So there's no the at the beginning. Personalgreatnessproject.com. Perfect. Um, I'm also going to put the links below, guys. So if you want to get in touch with Corey, and if you're interested in joining the, the Mental Gym as well, I'm going to put the link in for there as well. I would highly, highly, highly recommend getting in touch with Corey. Um, he's provided, like he's, and in this podcast episode itself, he's provided insane value, and I'm sure he's provided incredible value to the people around him as well. So thank you so much for being here, Corey, and uh, hopefully we'll get to have you soon as well. Oh, that's great. Thanks again. It was a real blast. Really loved it. Thanks.